Welcome to the Worst Take Sports Show. I am your host, Triune. Fellas, introduce yourselves. What up, man? This is your boy, Doughboy. New nickname alert, Doe Jackson, because I'm nice at both sports. You understand what I mean by that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I see you, Doe. <laughs> I see you, Doe. My name is EQ. We form like Voltron and create the Worst Take Sports Show. Let's get it. Oh, yeah. Are you Doe Jackson because you be beating the shit out these kids? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, so, the people that are watching this Worst Take Sports Show, it's a sports show where we basically cover all the, the big events that happen in the sports world. But we don't have, you know, the red tape of the networks and the advertisers and all the other stuff. We get to the shits. We keep it real. We're all three real niggas. And this is what you finna get. Worst Take the Sports Show. Yeah. So, our first, you know that. So our first segment today, we're going to talk about LeBron James and his comments on the All-Star game. I'll give people the synopsis of it so in case they haven't watched any of these interviews. But LeBron basically said that he's not excited for an All-Star game at all. He said that, uh, one, he's tired. Number two, there's a pandemic. They're having the All-Star game in an open city, and he just doesn't feel safe. He said that he will be there physically if he's, uh, you know, if he's selected to the team, but he will not be there mentally. Doughboy. How do you feel about this? I had to hit you mid blunt. My bad. Yo, no, you got good. Nah, man. Um, this might be an unpopular take, but um, I sometimes I be wanting LeBron to shut the fuck up. Sometimes, like it's like he. Ooh. I feel like he makes everything Ooh. about him. First of all, you're 55 years old. I have to say this, and he was asked the question, so he this wasn't just I get it. commentary. He was asked a question from a reporter. I get it. I get it. But just you know, just. That just sounds like an old nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he's older. So if he was younger and he was a rookie, he would not be having that type of energy. And I just don't like it when, when basketball players kind of make it about them. Cause they were kind of doing something similar when, when they were doing the, um, when they were in the bubble, like, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody was like waiting to see like what LeBron would say to see if they were going to keep playing. Like, you know what I'm saying? When all the different BLM stuff was happening. I just be like, bruh. He just comes off like too much of an elder statesman too many times. I think this is one of the times. I think that the, that the All-Star game is a big deal for 99% of the other players. Yeah, it might not mean that much to you because it's probably your 17th or 18th time doing it. But don't fuck that up for these new guys. Like, sit your old ass down. Just say you don't want to do it. I'll sit down this time so one of the younger guys can do it. But just because you know he going to show up if, once he gets nominated. So, he yes. Said he said that. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it initially it seemed a little bit of a harsh take, but the more that I digest this, the more I actually agree with LeBron. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why. First of all, saying that that's an old man's comment made sense until it came out that De'Aaron Fox had actually said before. LeBron that quote having the all-star game this year was stupid I think was the word that he used um which is which is what De'Aaron Fox had to say who is a young guy who's trying to earn his way who's trying to get his spot the same way that you had talked about that so I feel like it definitely is not an age thing I feel like the biggest issue with this is that the all-star game is being held in Atlanta now I got no hate for Atlanta there are, there are cities in this country, Try and I have had this discussion, and though we're going to have to do this where we have, we have ranked our major cities and we always have conversations about major cities that we just can't stand. Like, right. you know, and we, we'll go into that another time. 
Are you making, but, are you making a statement right now? I'm I'm making a statement. No, not about like whether or not I like or dislike Atlanta. Oh, that's that's just oh, another conversation. That's, that's I, absolutely what I thought you were trying. I was like, no, I, <laughs> no unpopular, unpopular. Wait, let's go. <laughs> no unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion. Atlanta is cool, but it's it it's not to me. It's overrated. That's that's just my opinion. I'm not saying it's trash. I'm saying it's overrated. That, that's what that's I'm saying. Fair. Okay. But but in regards to this situation, I feel like. The reason, because because they're having it in Atlanta and Atlanta is open, like you can go and get a lap dance in Atlanta right now. We're in the middle of a pandemic and True. you're expecting these basketball players to go to Atlanta while Atlanta is open in a pandemic and behave themselves, which I feel like is a very unrealistic expectation. Now bringing in the COVID aspect, LeBron has every right to like be like, well, shit, like, you're gonna put us up in a hotel in Atlanta, and you know everybody's gonna wild out. Before. Come on, man! Like, well, I'm just, I'm just, just saying, like, but they're having a whole basketball season anyway, so games are being played in Atlanta now. So, it, why yeah, would it but matter? How many? Because how many times does LeBron have to go to Atlanta in a year? Twice? Like, you know what I mean? He's got to go now. He's got to go for All Star Weekend. He got to go out there and be out there for an extended amount of time. Or, you know, I mean. It's not an isolated situation. And then to make matters worse, I think on, on top of it, according to what LeBron said, he said they, they weren't supposed to have all-star games. So that's like a whole nother, you know, branch on this conversation because now we're talking about business and them not being open with their employees. You know, I mean, that that's that's just how I look at it. I, I At first I thought it was harsh, but now I under, kind of understand where LeBron is coming from. I. I don't feel like there should have been an all-star game this year. And if they were going to do it, they should, they shouldn't do it in Atlanta, Florida, or Arizona. But I mean, you know, they got to make money, I guess, you know, the dollar is power. I have to agree with LeBron on this. Um, I don't think there should be an all-star game. And the reason why is because of all the reasons why he stated, um, it is a health risk. Um, the reason why the NBA has done so well in the COVID period is because they haven't taken these sorts of risks. Every other major sport has taken these sorts of risks and they've se- they felt the repercussions suffered. Suffered. from it. The NBA is not taking these sorts of risks, so I'm not exactly sure what they're doing it now. Um, I do understand that there's some concern among the player community because there are certain bonuses and contract possibilities that are tied to all-star selections. So... I'm sure some of the players, especially some of your young and up and coming players that are trying to get these max deals and trying to get to these big these big figures, they're probably the most concerned about it not happening. So this is what I think the NBA should do. I think the NBA should go forth with all-star voting. Um, I think they should let the, the fans cast a vote. I think they should mm-hmm. let their players get active on social media so that they can garner the vote because a lot of times players start playing better closer to all-star breaks so that they can get on a team. So they can use their social medias and other things to kind of drum up excitement around people voting for them. And I think that they should use whatever the the final tally of those votes are as whatever the credits would have been for people to obtain these large contracts or to obtain whatever the, the qualifiers are. So if you were selected, like, let's say like a Zion Williamson, right? Young guy, obviously trying to get a max deal, you know, once he's done on his rookie deal. He's one of those guys that we think is going to be great in the league he is probably banking on an all-star, you know, on getting on an all-star team this year because it's going to help him down the line for certain qualifiers. Of course. If he gets the votes, 
Zion Williamson should be an all-star. They should just play the game too, though. It's just one extra game. It's one extra game. It's a hell thing, yo. Come on, man. Play the goddamn game, man. You the nigga out in LA. You the LA. You out. You the nigga out in LA right now. Like I got a reservation for eight, no mask on. And Doughboy, to address your point, address that in regard to they playing Atlanta anyways. Nigga, you know it's a difference between the fucking Lakers going to Atlanta and every fucking all-star in the fucking league going to Atlanta. Once. Actually, actually, That's but if you, if you, but if you really saying. break it down, if you really break it, if you really break it down, and you only let the niggas that make the game go, so it's gonna be about twenty-five niggas anyway. You do you that every game. No, you can't stop the city of Atlanta from planning events around the All-Star game. Are you and crazy? you can't stop niggas from going. Other players are going to go. Nah, nigga, if you didn't make the cut, you stay your ass in your city. That should be the rule. You and make, make the All-Star team. They, they go. Nigga, make go. the All-Star team so you can go to All-Star no, weekend. Nigga. They're going, nigga. You can't stop other people. Nah, you ain't make. Nah, see, because I'm just saying, man, like, how do you like the All-Star weekend is one of the best weekends of the NBA. You can't just take that shit off just because it's a pandemic. Come on. Yes. Man. Yes, you can. Just because it's, it's like, a pandemic? Because it's a pandemic. Man. I got to remind you, it's like damn near 400,000 people dead in this country from this. Bro, and peace. And I mean, then, it's a serious then, thing. It's a serious thing. I'm just saying, I want the game to go on. I mean, if we're going to be watching all these other games, I don't want to sacrifice this one game, is what I'm saying. Other games. This is an all-star game. This is an exhibition game. This I want to see all the stars, nigga. And all the, and all the things are based off of the all-stars, nigga. Wait for the <laughs> But, and all the qualifiers and all the extra things that Tri was talking about contractually are based off the selection anyway. Nobody cares about how yeah, you I perform bet y'all wouldn't game. none of this shit if it was a playoff game. Y'all wouldn't be like, oh, that's man, different. First, that's man. different. If it's a playoff game, because that's different. Game. This game doesn't count for shit. Nothing. Contract quality. It counts for niggas like me that love fantasy games like this where you get to see all your favorite players. You know what else is going to count? What? I sock you the fuck out when we've been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Six feet, nigga. Cold. <laughs> so pivoting. Um, who do you trust more? Um, the Bucks defense or the Chiefs offense? Ooh. Let's start with you, Q. Oh, the Chiefs offense. That's an easy answer. Chiefs offense. Is I'm sorry. I'm sorry. hundred percent, hundred percent, because let's just be honest here. Let's be honest here. Tampa Bay's defense wasn't talked about a hot defense all 16 weeks. Okay. We remember the issues that they had in the beginning. We remember the L's that they took. They progressed and they got better, but there has been no, no denying Patrick Mahomes and that offense that he leads with Travis Kelsey, Tyree kill, all those weapons, even with a depleted offensive line, Patrick Mahomes is going to go out there and play hero ball. Please believe oh, he's, that. He's going to disagree. He thinks Lord Brady is going to do everything. That's cool. That's that's cool. That's that's how old kings always get the head cut off. You know what I'm saying? That's what happens. Go it, ahead, it's, oh boy. It's time. Okay. Um, now, I couldn't disagree with you anymore. This is what you got to understand. Only a defense good enough as Tampa Bay could make sure that they could be the deodorant for old nigga like Tom Brady that threw mm. three interceptions in the second half when they were playing the Green Bay Packers on the road and they still beat them. That defense is going to hold. They had a much tougher road to get here. They had to go through the Saints, 
they had to really do a lot of shit to get here. It's not going to be easy for the, and I, I'm telling you, the fact that the Chiefs were not blowing niggas out them last couple of games of the season, I'm not talking about resting people. They was like really having close games with everybody. You can't do that, do that with the Bucks. I trust the Bucks defense much more than I trust the offense of the Chiefs. All right, so I'm going to do what both of you fuckers didn't do and just go by the fucking numbers. It's much easier that way. Oh, I'm still right. Much easier that I'm way. still right. So the Chiefs have the number one rated offense in the NFL. Thank you. And the Bucks have the number five rated offense in the NFL. The Bucks have the number nine rated defense, and the Chiefs have the number 10 rated defense. I think there's a larger spread between one. So we'll, we'll move on to the next shit. Which one do you trust more? Uh, my, my bad I didn't say the numbers, you know. I, I thought that that was number like- number cruncher, you nerd. I thought that that was kind of already like, I mean, it's obvious, obviously. I have the numbers tonight. Early and yes, we're supposed to do research. We don't look like an ass like you. But if all you gonna do is just regurgitate some numbers, what is your opinion, nigga? I can tell you what the numbers are, but I can tell my, you what I know. It was the eyeball test. stated last week when I said that I feel that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, and I said last week, which we'll revert, you know, we'll revisit later on because we're gonna do our official Super Bowl predictions. But as I said last week, I don't think this is going to be a goat riding off into the sunset. I think this is going to be a passing of the torch game, and I'll make that argument a little bit later in this show. Oh, here we go with this. No, but it's facts. And then if you think about it, too, who's a more talented offense, Kansas City or New Orleans? It's obviously Kansas City. New Orleans dropped 34 and 38 on the Bucks this year. I'm taking easily the Kansas City Chiefs. It's an easy answer. Nah, man, they hadn't jailed yet, man. Shit hadn't jailed yet. Y'all going to see it, and y'all going to put some respect on Tom Brady's name. Mm, I can't it. wait till Monday when we do our episode. Put some hands and feet on you in the in the gym. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we gonna talk about Jared Dudley. Um, he said the Lakers don't respect Paul George like that. Um, and he said that you know these comments kind of come from um how the you know the Clippers were kind of galvanizing around the city as if they kind of already won something, um, and how they were kind of just acting as if they were kind of the kings of the city and throwing subtle jabs. And he said that the Lakers as a whole last year just didn't have a high level of respect for Paul George in general because of certain comments he's made. Doughboy, how do you feel about this? I mean, I actually couldn't agree more with what was said. I just hate that it came from the nigga that it came from. I wish it would come from somebody who actually played a little bit more. But um, what he said is absolutely true. I mean, Paul George, much like Chris Paul, ain't never won nothing, man. Like. You can't, but you know, and I can't really compare them in, in that sense because Chris Paul does show up in the playoffs, but Paul George, like he's just, he's just good by association type. Like he's just always with good niggas. Like, you know what I'm saying? When he was by himself, like he was never doing much. So for him to even be trying to refer to himself as one of the elite niggas, like, nah, he not one of them dudes. Like he's at best a, a, a B level player in the league like he's not one of the elite by himself he wasn't doing anything 
No, he was on the Pacers and he was getting his ass kicked by LeBron every year. The Pacers to the second round and got their ass kicked. Roy Hibbert oh, is his goodness. second best player. Yeah, he was Jatana's Katapa to Temple back in the day. Like 26 and seven. What? But he would disappear in the playoffs, nigga. He ain't never done nothing in the playoffs. And he don't ever win. What does he win? He's like the great, like, the consolation prize nigga. Bro, there's a lot of niggas in the league that don't have rings that can ball, bro. And, okay, but he, but do you really feel like he's a- You're trying to treat him, you're trying to treat Paul George like he's a scrub almost. I'm not saying he's a scrub, I'm just saying like he's not, he shouldn't be walking around in the same era as a Kawhi Leonard or a LeBron James or a K. He's not an elite player. He's not a franchise player. I think before Anthony Davis was a Laker and won a championship, I think you could kind of put him and Paul George in the same space at some point. I would get, I would say this. there. If you were a general manager and you had millions of dollars and someone said, hey, man, you want to build a team around Paul George? You'd be like, nigga, no. I don't, it depends on when you ask the question. Go right. ahead. No, so, <laughs> so, Okay, I have to be very careful when I say this. Um, I like Paul George. Paul George is a, is a very, very, very good player. I root for Paul George when he went down and he got injured. I was one of the people praying for him. I wanted you know nothing but the best for him. And I know he's originally from Cali, so I, I got love for him there. Um, it has always been and will forever be fuck the Clippers. Um, that's how, that's just, that's just how I get down. That's how a lot of dudes in LA, I know that's just LA for the most part. A lot of Clippers fans were deep in the trenches and at the bottom of the well, like in that Anthony Hopkins movie, Silence of the Lambs, where he had to, you know, that's Clippers fans was down there and it puts the lotion on its skin. That's how Clippers fans- podcast faces. That's, yeah, that's a big facts, nigga, movie guy. But no, it's like Clipper fans were just like, didn't say a whole lot. Frankie Muniz was the ambassador to the Clippers, okay? That's just, that's just real shit. Frankie Muniz and Billy Crystal, we not built the same. This is Laker Nation. It will always be that way for Los Angeles. Now, now let me get, now that I've added the context, let me get to the point. Yeah, do you like this Paul George nigga or not? <laughs> I like Paul George as a person. Yeah, nigga, why you taking the road? It took three hours. Do you like the nigga? God damn, but nigga. I, 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 I pull up on you by the time. No, because, out. Shit. <laughs> because I, I agree with what Jared Dudley had to say. Like, I understand why the mm -hmm. Lakers don't respect him. Mm -hmm. I understand why the Lakers use him as fuel. I think it goes even deeper where it's like, I think some niggas on the Lakers really wanted Paul George to be a Laker. I think we all saw that happening when he was leaving Oklahoma City at first, or you know what I'm saying? I know also in Indiana, he made some comments. Like that's, we all thought it was inevitable. Now he goes to the Clippers and it's this big thing. And it's definitely like the dark side over there. Um, but I, I just, I agree with Jared Dudley. I have no problem with them using this as fuel. I think Paul George was silly to put himself in that category because he hasn't won. Like, let's just be real. That doesn't mean he's not great. That doesn't mean I don't rock with him as, a, as an individual because I've heard nothing but good things about him. I have friends who are friends of his. Like, so I've heard nothing but good he's things about him. He's a very unloyal nigga though. We can say he's very unloyal. I'm not gonna speak on that. I'm simply gonna say, I, I, I think that these comments <laughs> in this context 
are a hundred percent dessert. Well, I think that that was trash the way that he did the thunder. Like, listen, if you're going to be the guy that just is going to switch it up, that's cool. But he really sat there and was like, Oh man, I'm here for the thunder. Ain't going to be here forever. Soon as Kawhi came in, like, man, I want to leave. I don't want to be here anymore. Bye, 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 bye. I was just like, really, bro? That was that. That was trash. Like, come on. All right. So let me get my go. So I think that this stems from way before even Jared Dudley was a Laker, way before LeBron was a Laker. I think that they're inheriting some of the ghost pass of the Lakers, which we've yeah. seen Kobe Bryant even do with the Celtics rivalry, right? So if you remember back in 2011. When the lake when the Clippers acquired Chris Paul and he joined with Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, all of a sudden they were Lob Siggy, and all of a sudden there were those were these debates as to whether who ran, you know, who ran the town because the Lakers were on a decline and they were on an incline. And this has been an issue with Lakers and Clippers for the last 10, nine years. And then it started to resurface. And when it resurfaced the first time, you alluded to already EQ which was when Paul George basically told the Lake, he when he was trying to get out of Indiana, he said, I want to go to the Lakers. They traded him to okay, Oklahoma City. Yep. And he said, I want to be in LA. I want to go home. And then OKC offered him that max deal and he took it and he stayed in OKC. So that was another issue. And then when he ended up winding in Clipperland, winding up in Clipperland, then that caused more tension. So I think Paul George is wrapped in it because of the OKC situation and him coming to the Clippers rather than the Lakers. But I think this has been an issue for a long time. At the end of the day, Clippers and Clipper fans alike, if you <laughs> don't win shit, shut the fuck up. It's, Thank you. In this city, you you are not in Milwaukee. You are not in Atlanta. You're in it's a small not, town. No, no, no. This is fucking Lakerland. This is LA. This is where shit cracks off. This is where we've won six championships in the last 20 years. Stop fucking around. If you don't win out here, you don't mean shit. And the Clippers so the never the win. Day, period. So at the end of the day, put up or shut the fuck up and be a second tier big fucking big market team that they are. That's it. That's it, bro. And they as now they're getting emboldened because they've actually like felt you know dip their toe in the pool of what it feels like to actually be in the winner's circle kind of where it's like oh yeah they got you know to the um almost to the western conference final oh we're gonna get to the western Con yeah like this team hasn't even gotten to the western conference finals like just clipper fans please just fucking be quiet until they actually do something like we're seeing the real Kawhi. we're seeing the real paul george right now like i'm open to be being proven wrong we talk only in facts on here but at the end of the day, bro, Clipper fans, just keep it quiet until y'all yeah. actually do something. And put some respect, a little bit of respect on Jared Dudley's name. He ain't never been no great basketball player, but let's be true. This man has played with Shaq. This man's played with Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, LeBron James, Giannis. I, I mean, he, he's, he's seen it all. He's been around. So as far as what he can talk about, I'm okay with a certain level of it. But, you know who's the you know, real MVP? Who's that? Jared Dudley's agent. They're gonna, they gonna, they gonna sell this book. He's Big kept facts. him in the league way past when he was supposed to. Way, way past. Right. And they gonna sell this book like those. The roster right now. Jared Dudley may not be able to make a D1 roster right now. That's a fact. 
This is true. Shout out to his agent, man. He's doing a hell of a job out there. <laughs> um, so we're going to kind of switch gears, go back to the NFL um, and, and touch on something a little bit more in the social conscious arena. Um, I want to know, uh, I want to get your take on why there's such a lack of diversity among coaches in both the NFL and the NBA. Doughboy, we'll start with you. Um, well, I guess I'll go more to the football thing because it's it's kind of more prevalent because the 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 coaching cycle just ended. Um, I just think ultimately it's just a really racist overall business side of the sport. I feel like um, all of the owners are older white men and they just kind of be, you know, they're the same people that um, kind of blackballed Colin and made sure he didn't work. I think that that was, that had nothing to do with his ability that had to do with all the owners just being like, nah. Um, and I feel like they make the decisions. So I feel like they don't really believe that black men can lead other black men because the league is over 80% black. So I just really feel like it's just some racist bullshit and I really hate it. And it's one of the reasons that I kind of walked away from watching football when everybody was like not really fucking with football. And I kind of came back because I love the sport so much, but it's something I feel does need to change because I feel like it's it's just sad. And it's just, I, I hate that part of the sport. EQ. Um. Okay, so I'm going to have a two-part answer. And part of this, I hope people can understand where it comes from because I, I am a half black man. I'm also half white but I'm a black man in the context of, of the world that we live in today. Um, I feel like this is a two-part answer. I feel like there's definitely systemic racism in the NFL that's overwhelmingly blatant in most areas. And I also believe that part of that is still in the NBA, but the NBA has gotten a lot more progressive and better in regards to their treatment and their awareness and the fairness in which they treat their African-American colleagues and employees and people around and even people who come to the games. Um, shout out to Andy Reid because Andy, or not Andy Reid, excuse me. Shout out to um, the Tampa Bay coaching staff, Bruce Arians and his staff, because he actually has the, the most diverse coaching staff as far as nationality and gender in the league. He's got women in positions of power on his coaching staff he's got african-american men at both the offensive and defensive coordinating spots so i think that i think that that's worth noting um i think that the unpopular part of this what i'm about to say is that i think that there's not enough good examples of black coaches who have been successful in the small windows that they've had i think that the window is unfair but i think that there's not enough examples of people who were because African-American coaches in the history of the NFL for the most part have not been given fair situations. That's, that's just a fact. But, but I feel like because of that, there's not enough examples of great success among African-American coaches. We have Mike Tomlin, and Mike Tomlin has been a staple for that. I think Mike Tomlin is a big reason that African-American coaches have the Rooney rule and still get hired. I, I, like, that's, I, I really believe that. But I think that because of the unfair situations, like I think of Hugh Jackson in Cleveland, you know, I think of, um, <clears throat> you know, Eric Bieniemy not getting an interview. You know, there are things that are just unfair situations. And when black coaches have been inserted, I don't feel like there's enough of, and, that, and that's not their fault. I just, I'm saying, I think that there's not enough of an example of success in that realm. 
And that's why there hasn't been more pride to do it even more so. Yeah, I, I obviously agree with you guys in regard to the racism tie-in, but I think that in the NFL and the NBA, it's a microcosm of America. At the end of the day, this country has an issue with black leadership. This country has an issue with black men leading and black men being the face of and black men taking the bull by the horns and pushing things forward. Um, it's always been threatened by that. Uh -huh. I mean, this goes back to like the days of, you know, civil rights leaders being called the biggest threat to America. Like when things like that are said, then you understand that there's really fear um, behind a black face being the, the head or the center focus of things. And so I think that the NFL, um, a lot less than the NBA, are trying to make strides and they're start trying to be progressive as they can. Um, but I think it's really just a matter of American culture changing. As, Ameri as American culture changes and begins to trust black leadership in, you know, and trust black faces being the head of things, I think as that continues to emanate and continues to spread, it's gonna reflect in all things that are within America. So um, I think this is a lot deeper than just NFL coaches or NBA coaches. At the end of the day, Doughboy's 100% right. These are old white men that own mm -hmm. teams. And old white men came from an era where people that look like us yeah. never were in the lead or ever told them what to do. Right. So they're not necessarily going to trust that. I think that, you know, some generations are going to have to pass and some, you know, some black wealth is going to have to be made. And well, I think that that's where they, they kind of keep it where they can have that control, though, is because if it's all controlled by older white men, they just pass it down to younger white men. So it's like they kind of keep it in the family, so to speak. So it damn near makes it impossible to infiltrate with, you know, new money. Well, so I think that I think that because of the way that this generation is heading, though, if you think about it, I mean, think about the next generation and the one after that, like the, the not everybody's going to be interested in owning a football team. Like at the end of the day, I think that definitely somewhere, some way, some ownership changes. I know we've seen some minority, you know, people get it, getting groups together to try to buy an NFL team. Um, you know, we do have some um, we do have some minority owners in baseball now. Um, you know, and then obviously one in the NFL. Um, but, you know, I do think that it, it does start to open up. You know, again, the NBA has really been a model for that. Um, I, I think the NBA and the way they've integrated social justice, allowing these players to speak their mind and do things like that. I think that that's an amazing thing. But actually one thing now that in saying that, the last point I'll make is I think that Black players in these leagues are not doing enough to say things about hiring black coaches. Mm. I think that a lot of times that we hear somebody talking about it, it's, it's, it's like playing telephone. It's from another party. I'd love to see more stars in the NBA, more stars in the NFL who are black. When they do interviews at their locker room, they get to talk about the fact that, hey, you know what? I'm, I would like to see more black coaches hired in the NFL. Yeah, yeah and I, I always took an issue with a certain person um, that I just felt like black players didn't kind of, you know, gather around and, and lift up. And that was Mark Jackson. Yes. 
I felt like I wanted to hear. I still don't understand that. Yeah, I felt like I wanted to hear LeBron James say, "Why doesn't Mark Jackson have a job?" Thank you. I feel like I wanted to hear Kevin Durant. (coughs) I feel like I wanted to hear Steph Curry say that. Yes, especially (laughs) Steph, and I mean all of them equally. But when it comes to Mark Jackson, especially Steph, that was yeah. Like I I feel like I want to, I want to, I want to hear these guys say this. And I'm unsure as to why they haven't taken the plunge. And and so I, I know they don't want to mess up that chat. These are their bosses. They would be speaking out literally against their bosses. But they do in other facets, yeah, they do though. In other ways, though. I mean, yeah. but they very rarely will like directly challenge the owner, though. That really doesn't happen. Like you damn near gotta be LeBron to do that. Well, I don't know if saying that Mark Jackson should have a job. I don't know if saying that statement challenges ownership. I think it's just saying. Well, it just makes the owners uncomfortable. It makes it sound like you're rocking the boat, and then they're that you're going to start making other players. Yeah, you know what I mean. But wouldn't that be the purpose? Yeah, but I feel like a lot of people are scared to do that because they don't want to be upsetting the money. That's a good, that's an interesting take. You know, I just feel like niggas. It's an unfortunate. I'm not saying that they're scary, but they just don't be volunteering to. You know what I mean? Especially if they getting paid, so they just, you know what I mean? They, it's just, it's just unfortunate. Uh, Mark Jackson deserves a job more than at least a handful of coaches in the I NBA. mean, the nigga, to, for Steve right Nash now. to have a job, right now. for Steve Nash to be coaching as, as a head coach right now, Mark Jackson not, is just yeah, and it, ridiculous. For Steve Nash to have a job and had no coaching experience whatsoever, but Steven Silas's father, Paul Silas, uh-huh. Was an assistant for over twenty years. Yep. We can clearly see the fucking problem here. Like, oh no, one hundred percent. Because Mark Mark Jackson, yeah, Mark Jackson was the best candidate for the Nets job. Like, he played for the Knicks. Like, bring him back to New York. He he he's a player's coach. Like, big in the city, he has a really good foresight for how to build teams for the future. Obviously, he did that in Golden State, and I think that he 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 would garner enough respect from people like Kevin Durant and Kyrie, and Kyrie Irving. Yes, Martin. he would command a certain level of respect because at the end of the day, Mark Jackson is a fucking Hall of Fame point guard. Let's That's not it, fuck up. and a great coach. And a great coach. Yeah, Mark Jackson was nice. So, dude. He's the Tony Dungy of the NBA. The way Tony Dungy handed John Gruden his Super Bowl is how Mark Jackson handed Steve Kerr his first championship. Especially guys like KD and Kyrie. I don't really know James Harden on like the socially conscious shit. But if you talk about like KD and Kyrie and they're really on this black excellence shit, Mark Jackson is cut from that cloth. Mark Jackson talks that shit. Mark Jackson will embolden them to do things off the court. To make sure that their financial future is good, and you can you can make an argument to say that 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 KD and Kyrie could have spoke up and gotten a Mark Jackson because they had to sign off on Steve Nash, and that's why so when niggas get in that position, they pick Steve Nash. That's, that's why the I'm point. Saying, I think the purpose would be to rock the boat, and I think that more black players should do so. So facts. Um, let's move on and let's get to our Super Bowl predictions, fellas. Who wins the Super Bowl? What is the score, and why? Doughboy. I'm going to change it up a little bit. This is going to be a barn burner. It is going to come down to a, 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 a double overtime shocker, 51-48 bucks. And it's going to come from the heroics of Thomas 
Edward Brady the third. That even gave me the chills. That was terrible. 51-48, damn it. Go ahead, EQ. Those two dollars. At first, I, I'm still sticking with my pick. It's definitely going to be the Chiefs. And it's going to be in regulation. There will, no. there will be no overtime. Um, but I, I will say that I think it's going to be close. I know at first I thought that Kansas City was going to come in and just smack people. But with the news coming in, you know, about the offensive line and then also hearing about the unfortunate situation with Andy Reid's son that happened last night um, oh. where he um, was in a car and ran into a car that was parked on the side of the freeway. Oh, um, is he okay? Apparently he's fine. They heard that he went with the police. They said that they thought they smelled alcohol on him. Mm. Uh, kids were in the car and they Ooh. have the kids have serious injuries. Mm. Uh, it was it was, it, you know, that all happened yesterday. Um, I can only imagine what that feels like for Andy Reid. Obviously, we're all dads. I, I couldn't imagine what that's like. And then, you know, to hear also I, where I remembered or excuse me, I had forgotten, but I did know this before. His other son, Andy Reid's other son, died of a heroin overdose. Um, I think a couple years yeah. ago. So, so like for 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 him to be dealing with all of that the week of the Super Bowl, I think is a lot on him. But I think it's going to come down to something like a final possession. I think it will be the heroics of Patrick Mahomes, mm. and I think that they mm. win this one for Andy Reid and really cement him at that point. With what's the Bowls. score? as one of the best coaches of all time. I think it'll be 37-34. I see both of you guys got closer to where I was at, because EQ, your score was really low before. Doughboy, your score was super low before. And both- Well, of I said that Tampa Bay would score low. Both of you guys are starting to see the light. So as I said last week, because I was right then and I'm right now and I'll be mm. right on Sunday night after the game, mm. that this is going well, to be a gunslinging game. Yeah. And I think that the heroics of Patrick Mahomes, not to plagiarize you, EQ. No, no, no I mean, you're right. Patrick you're right. Mahomes so. is going to be the deciding factor. I think he plays a little bit better game than Brady. I think he makes one or two less really key mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, and I see this as a passing of the torch game. I think that Brady still rides out into the sunset as the GOAT, going 60% in Super Bowls, one, winning six out of 10. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a lot of questioning as to whether or not Brady comes back and continues his journey. And I think what we're going to start to do is see Patrick Mahomes emerge as this very dominant force in football. Nah, and he's nah, going nah. to he's going to come out of this the victor, having won two out of three years being in the league. Light skin superpowers. Nah. nah I don't know about all that. Can't be the old man. I know about all that. I know about all that. But no, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, oh, the, the game is going to be close. 42-35. Same thing I said last week. Sorry. 42-35? Okay, so by a touchdown. Okay, I, I think it'll be even closer than that. I'm thinking I'm thinking of field goal. I literally think this may go down to the last drive. I really see it happening. I think that the Chiefs go up by halftime, the Bucks make a run, and then the Chiefs come back down and, and win the game. I just hope it's a good game. I just don't want to see nobody get oh, it's gonna be blown. A, it's it's gonna be a good game. <clears throat> it's gonna be a really good game. Unless the, the only thing that would make this a really bad game is if the defenses just had all-time performances. Mm. And, and but even then, this, even then, it would be dope. Both of these defenses are capable. 
They're yeah. not that. They're not that. Like neither one is that much more talented than the next. Both of their defenses are capable of having huge games. Big they games. The yeah. quarterback. They play well in the mid range. They play well in a zone. They play well in a cover. Both teams do are, do a lot of good shit well on defense. So that's the only thing that could fuck this game up. But I think over and all, it's going to be a great game. Are you guys going to put? I'm out here in Vegas. Y'all putting some money down on the game? They got I all hate kind betting of on Super Bowls. I hate betting on Super Bowls. Like, I might. <laughs> bro, I, we can go over there. I'll play the. I'll play the. We can do all sorts of prop bets, bro. Let's get it. On you tomorrow, nigga. Bet. Let's do it. We go to the sports book. Hey. Hey. You know it's what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let y'all have fun with it. I'm good. I don't. I don't. I don't bet on shit. I'll be like, nope, because I always lose and I want to fight and then I lose the fight too. So I'll be like, man, just put a stuff. dollar on the bucks. You you, you <laughs> can lose a dollar on the bucks. Just Sounds a lot like worse. Dollar. Yeah, <laughs> I'll front you a dollar, nigga. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Put a dollar on the buck. Anyways, um, it was good, fellas. Um, really looking forward to continuing this show with you guys. Um, my name is Triune. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. But Hold up, hold up. I know you ain't gonna get out of here. Oh, he wanna talk about, about his uh, We're talking about them Dodgers today. You wanna talk about I his picture, you wasn't one his trying picture to get, friend. You wasn't trying to get out of here without that. I'm trying to really dash off. I was trying to beat. Oh, you trying no. to do the race? No, no. <laughs> oh, bro, never, never. So the Dodgers signed Trevor Bauer today, which this is one of the weirdest contracts ever. First of all, he won the Cy Young Award last year. And and I mean, that's just, you know, icing on top of a really thick cake already. But secondly, he gets 40 mil in his first year, 45 mil in his second year, the rest of 102 million in his third year. And he has an option after years one and two. Damn. Feels like he got the better of that deal. Yeah. <laughs> Either way he goes. He could take 40 mil this year and walk away next year, but you know, he's gonna have a World Series ring. A hell of a player. I just think it's Super Bowl or, or I think it's World Series or bust for you guys. And it is. You're gonna see how it plays out. We're about to repeat, oh, yeah. you heard? Oh yeah. We Sacramento. Oh, yeah. You see this damn hat? Oh, yeah. I'm all teams That's LA. Bro, he can't cheer for the Giants. Yeah, I know. I said that. I've explained that. I live in LA and I've been here for 11 nah, years. Nigga, Oakland is closer, nigga. You can nah, cheer for the A's. Who cheers LA? for the A's? Nah. Doughboys. The, <laughs> the, the A's fan base doubled after Moneyball came out. They really did. <laughs> Just saying. Well, fellas, it's been good. This is Worst Take. My name is Triune. Introduce I, yourselves or outroduce yourselves. Let's say I that. Love, yeah. That's your boy, Doe Jackson, man. I'm out of cheer. Yeah, you know what it is. It's CQ. We gone. Pace, worst tag. Next time. Worst tag. One.